0: okay i guess we're doing this um hi my name is Bethco. um welcome to first session of my podcast uh, it's going to be probably a whole series about my life experiences um coming to america from kathmandu nepal and like finally moving up to uh, pittsburgh pa after living in michigan um for a time in o- omaha nebraska Uh, And going through Ohio and uh, ending up in um, Jersey City, New Jersey, one of the most diverse places in in the United States. I actually had like a lot of people come up to me at the bars or at bookshops to coffee shops, even at work saying that, you know, you should definitely start like a podcast or something where you talk about your life experiences because at 21, you have a lot to unravel and I, I i guess i kind of agreed because i do i do think that you know like there are some life experiences uh, of mine that i have to share and especially as an immigrant to these united states and uh, hostilities that exist towards immigrants um, here i i don't want to be like the standard bearer of all immigrants of course but you know, you can only speak from your own experiences, and I do believe that my experience, uh, does matter, and, uh, um, other than that, like, even though that is a selfish reason in and of itself, I would also think that the other selfish reason why I should do this, uh, this podcast, these sessions, is because I, I do believe this is self-therapy, and, like, I do believe that in these stories, like, um, I, I hope whoever's listening, if there is anybody listening, I hope that, you know, you find something that you could relate to, even though you might be from the United States, you might be from Australia, you might be from Europe, you might be from anywhere, but I just want to, uh, uh say things that are relatable to you too, and, uh, if not, uh, just, you know, I just want to reach out and, like, tell you my story, and, uh, see where it goes from there now yeah i mean there are a lot of like things i could start from and i am very unclear as of now where i should really start from so the get-go would probably always be you know your childhood early life whatever um and that's probably where i'm gonna start uh and I'll have to talk about my family and about Nepal and what it, what it was like growing up in Nepal and in, in Kathmandu through the Maoist insurgency and the earthquake and, um, these lasting impacts that I had, um, even to this day, um, that, you know, are, they are traumatic, but they're also like funny and, uh, a bit inspiring, uh, I guess so. I would love to share these stories with you, um, though this is like the first session, I will only stick to my childhood and my early life, so we don't go all over the place, um, right here, while we're, while I'm doing this. Okay, I guess we're doing this, um, hi, my name is Beth Co. um, welcome to first session of my podcast, uh, it's going to be probably a whole series about my life experiences, um, coming to America from Kathmandu, Nepal, and like finally moving up to, uh, Pittsburgh, PA, after living in Michigan, um, for a time in o- Omaha, Nebraska, and, uh, you know, going through Ohio, and, uh, ending up in, um, Jersey City New Jersey one of the most diverse places in the United States I actually had like a lot of people come up to me at the bars or at bookshops to coffee shops even at work saying that you know you should definitely start like a podcast or something where you talk about your life experiences because at 21 you have a lot to unravel and I, I, I guess I kind of agreed because I do I do think that you know there are some life experiences uh, of mine that I have to share, and especially as an immigrant to these United States and uh, hostilities that exist towards immigrants um, here. I, I don't want to be like the standard bearer of all immigrants, of course, but. You know you can only speak from your own experiences and i do believe that my experience uh does matter and uh um other than that like even though that is a selfish reason in and of itself i would also think that the other selfish reason why i should do this uh this podcast these sessions is because i i do believe this is self-therapy and like i do believe that in these stories like um I, I hope whoever's listening, if there is anybody listening, I hope that, you know, you find something that you could relate to, even though you might be from the United States, you might be from Australia, you might be from Europe, you might be from anywhere, but I just want to, uh, uh, say things that are relatable to you too, and, uh, if not, I uh, just, you know, I just want to reach out and, like, tell you my story and, uh, see where it goes from there now yeah i mean there are a lot of like things i could start from and i am very unclear as of now where i should really start from so the get-go would probably always be you know your childhood early life whatever um and that's probably where i'm going to start uh and I'll, I'll have to talk about my family and about Nepal and what it, what it was like growing up in Nepal in Kathmandu through the Maoist insurgency and the earthquake and, um, these lasting impacts that I had, um, even to this day, um, that, you know, are, they are traumatic, but they're also like funny and, uh, a bit inspiring, uh, I guess. So... I would love to share these stories with you. Um, though this is like the first session, I will only stick to my childhood and my early life. So we don't go all over the place um, right here while we're while I'm doing this. So, as for the first info, slash, I already told you that um, I'm from Nepal, from Kathmandu. And... Uh, Life was different back then, it was, it went slow, um, Nepal is one of those places where you can take your time doing things, um, we always have our tea breaks in the evening, um, that's something that we borrowed from our colonial neighbors while they were sitting in India, so 2 p.m.s were always that time where you like sat down at like a, like a watering hole or or just some place that, you know, you felt comfortable in, and um you sat there and you smoked cigarettes with your friends drank some tea and you talked about basically nothing and that probably characterizes my teenage years but we're talking about childhood and um i guess it is more important i mean i would not characterize my childhood as entirely happy there are some traumatic points in my childhood that probably is not you know safe to say up here in a in a podcast it will come on later and uh, I I could tell you about it at Lent. Um, Not even, there are things about my childhood that not even my mother knows. Um, But uh, you gotta trust me on this, I'll talk about it some other time. Uh, So I didn't grow up exactly in a happy family. Uh, My mom and my dad uh, separated when I was uh, six years old. My first memory of that little <coughs> scuffle, if you will, I mean, it, it turned out to be way more lately. My mom started. Uh, my mom left the house and she, you know, lived with her parents. Uh, I was still with my dad, because my dad has had uh, had a permanent job as like a government official somewhere um, uh, in the Ministry of Finance uh, in in Nepal. But it was not like a top doc job. It was, you know, he was he was up there, but he was not like on top. You know, he didn't sat in like the back room dealings of whatever was going on in the country at that time, and uh, it, it made rational sense for me to live with my dad for that for that temporary while of like six to eight or nine. My first memory of this separation was when I was in the second grade. Um, we had our final exams, and I remember sitting down in the classroom, um, I think it was a math exam. And uh, I remember I saw my mother outside the classroom and I just like, dropped like the test and everything in my pen and I just ran out, because I hadn't seen my mom in like, months. So I hold her close and uh, I hug her so tight, oh my God. Uh, I can still feel, um, I can still feel that feeling. When you hold someone so dear to you That you know you don't want to let go Uh, That you know you wish like Your flesh just melted onto them and There was nothing in the world That could separate you from them And that's how I felt about hugging my mother that day And I cried And she cried And that was the first time I ever saw my mother cry And that's going to be That's probably the first time in a long time That'll ever see her cry, cause she she let loose that time. But my mother was always one of those women that were very composured. Um, they took their composure, they took their etiquette very seriously, which um, ultimately translated into me being this very uh, disciplined teenager later on, as I you know lived with her um, after I was ten. She got a job and everything. Um, and we moved into the same house uh, where I used to live with my dad because my dad bought another house where he moved into with his family, his grandparents, and his, uh, his mother and his father. And uh, my elder brother at the time um, lived with my dad. So it was basically just me and my mom. And um, she practically raised me um, all by herself. And this... Particular um, fact about my childhood kind of characterizes how I looked at at family in general was was just the fact that I, I always believed that the mother of the family was to me is is the essential part of of any like heterosexual marriage, but I'm from the third world, okay, so Uh, Give me a break on that, Uh, but this is how marriages are in the third world, where the mother is not supposed to be the breadwinner, so on. It was very 1950s America, but just in the third world. Uh, My mom did start working. She was like, quote-unquote, a career woman now, and, um, you know, it was always, like, stuff that you would hear growing up about how, like, you know, she let her, like, sons go because she can't really take care of her sons because she's got to go to work. Uh, pay the bills, and so on, and I guess that did impact uh, a certain frame of mind that I started to dump up early on, which was, you could only, you could only do so much for yourself, and um, yeah, like, you can only do so much for yourself, man, Um, because uh, growing up, my mom had a lot of debt, like, in, it was, just, it was just crazy how in debt we were. I mean, she's still in debt. Um, so you had, like, the people that, you know, she owed money to show up at the house to scream at her. And, like you know, she would be like, give me a month, give me a few weeks, give me a few days. So, you know, growing up in that, you know, that kind of, like, um, environment where anybody could, like, show up and ask for money from my mom like, you know, it kind of hurts a, a kid's, uh, I don't know, I, w- I won't call it self-esteem, but I guess, you know, self-respect, it, it's just, um, it's just a battering experience, um, to, like, sit there, um, especially if you've been, like, raised around, like, what it, what it actually means to be a man, like, you know, that kind of, like, masculinity in you, um is very agitated, and, you know, you grow up aggressive, like, you grow up, um, you grow up wanting to kill a motherfucker excuse my french but yeah like there is a lot of aggression that is like and, uh, that is innate uh in in situations like that or you you innately develop those um those kinds of like feelings towards any kinds of confrontation so i guess for for the longest uh period uh, in my life. The the reason why I've always avoided confrontations with people was always because like uh, I always used to envisage uh, a confrontation being a conversation about you know, owing money to somebody and um, uh, or you know like it was it was very characterized by images of my mom being shouted at, you know, being called names. Um, um, Names that uh, I I couldn't probably say it out loud because it's just because you know it's, it's they are very um very hard to get off my chest and um yeah so this this was a scenario where I used to grow up so I was like I was in a house where I didn't feel safe um, for majority of my life and then at one point you just got used to it and then you were always um always trying to look for refuge with um something else, some, some distractions, and those distractions for me became um, my granddad from my mom's side, my mom's dad, uh, Bua, who I who I deeply respect and admire. He passed away uh, a few years ago, and uh, that too was a traumatic event um, for me, but Bua had this influence on me, um, especially, uh, Especially in my politics and how, how I look at the world and socioeconomics in general, um, I'm not a Trotskyite. He was, um, but yeah, he kind of shaped how I thought about the world. Uh, he would recite William Wordsworth to me, and uh, he was a big fan of Edgar Allan Poe. And uh, you know, he used to read Joseph Conrad uh, uh, out loud sometimes, uh, and he like actually. Uh, he uh, had a lot of um, he had a lot of wise things to say growing up uh, that probably has um, has influenced me in my in my journey across like trying to wade through that you know that uh, transition from childhood to early adulthood or teenage years which I believe isn't stressed as enough as 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 being important like we all talk about you know, teenagers and like your early 20s and like so on. But nobody actually talks about that time from like 10 to 13, which I believe is like a very important age in in, in anybody's life. Um, And this was a time where like Bua was around for me. It was a time where I did like grow up into like a lot of responsibilities that you will not see in like this, this part of the part of the world. Like, I got my first job when I was like 14, um, and uh, it was just, uh, it was writing for a paper, um, it was like an English paper, um, which, uh, yeah, I, I, I got like 50 rupees for it, which is basically just like a quarter in American money, um, but it meant a lot. I got, I made like a 200, 300 later on, like rupees, so it's was just like... You know 30 bucks or 40 bucks and it was a lot of money for like a kid like 14 years so with it comes vices you know with it comes like smoking and drinking not not drugs but just like yeah like the little vices that you know you, you kind of adopt so and i adopted it very early on i like, got i adopted it at like 13 14 like i started to be like a very heavy drinker and a heavy smoker by by the time i was 14 which gave me this voice uh, <laughs> And, um, I, I, as, I think that phase two characterized this voice, uh, is people always tell me that my voice is very, like, somber, and, you know, like, when I make a joke, people are probably like, are you making a joke, or, you know, like, are you serious, like, uh, uh, my sarcasm has very, always been very sharp, and, uh, uh, yeah, so that phase two is like, uh, was uh, probably the time where I realized that you know I was I was more depressed than um, than most of my friends. Like um, don't get me wrong, it's like you grew up in the third world. There was like a lot of like untalked issues that like you know like issues that are just not talked about. And uh, your emotions and feelings and your mental health, of course, were like part of it. But it was not it was not like I was like yeah, I knew I had depression. So on. was like there was no place I could go that could actually give me that, um, give me that diagnosis, but, um, well, my granddad, Ludboa, he, he always, he always saw it. he always thought that, you know, he always said that you were, that I was smarter than my big brother, and, like, I, I understood uh, a lot of things at a young age that, you know, he will probably take, like, 10, 20 years to realize, and, um, um, and then he would, like, whip out Plato's Republic and start, like, talking about justice and so on, like, that was, that was Bua, okay, like, that is the man that had the biggest impression on me, and, um, like, he, he did, he did uh, help me through, like, even that phase of, like, being, you know, where I was about to self-destruct, like, he took, take me in and started talking about, you know, if you want to drink, you drink with me, if you want to smoke, you smoke outside, but with me watching you, like, you, if you want to do tobacco, we'll do tobacco together. We'll, like, sit down and do it together. Because I know you respect me enough not to do it in front of me. And, you know, because, like, that's the thing. Like, we don't smoke or drink in front of our elders in Nepal. Um, it's, it's considered very um, disrespectful. And, uh, yeah, it is considered very disrespectful. And th- that was his point. That's how he used to make points to me. He's like... If you think that's so disrespectful to me, why why don't you respect yourself enough not to do it to yourself? And I guess that actually fulfilled this this void of self-respect that I had uh, gone through with all these people that come in to um, to berate my mom. Um, that uh, that battering um, humiliation was also um, dealt with. This kind of like self-respect that might. My granddad uh, taught me to have. Of course, there was a lot of like, um, a lot of things that he used to say that used to go through my head. But you know, as, as I started reading about stuff and as I started to like wonder about stuff, and um, I did, I did understand um, him eventually. But he was an intellectual, and I'm a very misunderstood man too. With that, and um, and uh, that actually. Um, was probably most of my um, growing up psychologically. And uh, I guess this is like a good session for the background that you know I, I could give about my childhood. Um, this, this took a lot longer than I expected it to be. Um, on the next session, I probably would talk about um, how I dealt with, Maoists, um, Maoist threats, and how like people were joining up to Maoist insurgency. Um, if you're still listening, I hope you're there for that too.